y'all we made it we made it y'all i'm filmmaker justin simeon i live in a world where thank god president trump will not be president for very much longer welcome to another episode of don't at me a podcast where we go beyond the knee-jerk reactions with emerging culture makers in this episode i get to talk to my girl the talented director tiffany johnson if you start it you got to finish it right and just let it be what it's going to be and again don't wait for um someone to tell you that you need more money or that you you know need to get this or whatever like you figure it out we had again not a one permit like we walked into stores and was like hi can we shoot and they <laughs> like okay great thank you and then when next door hi can we shoot yes great like you just you and that like that can, i don't know where it comes from but it, it kicked in and um, so I, I just encourage you to just like literally jump. You got, you just got to jump and, um, just going back to like accepting that it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. And it'll be what it needs to be. She is a director behind some of your favorite episodes from shows like Black Monday, Boomerang, 20s, The Last OG, and of course, Dear White People. We talk about whether black characters can have traumatic endings, the role of artists in traumatic times, and obviously we pitch an all black version of The Love Witch. So, hey, Culture Machines, welcome back for another episode of Don't At Me. I'm your host, Justin Simeon, and today I'm being joined by not only our lovely guests, but also some fans of the show uh, joining us via Zoom to ask questions and contribute to the conversation. This episode, we are delighted to welcome back my girl, my friend, Tiffany Johnson, born and bred in Compton. Tiffany is the director to watch after winning awards for shorts such as Marabou, starring Drag Race's own Latrice Royale, and mm-hmm. Ladylike, starring Dear White People's Nia Jervier and Courtney Sauls. She has gone on to direct episodes of shows like uh, 20s, Boomerang, Black Monday, oh, and of course, Dear White People. Thank you for joining us, Tiff. Thanks for having me, boo. Hi. I feel like I feel like so much has changed and not a lot has changed since the last time you were on the show. I feel yeah. like the last time you were on Don't At Me. <laughs> well, you, Taylor, you know Taylor has to cameo, honey. Taylor. She can't stand me talking to someone that's not her. So okay, she's gonna Taylor. be all up and through the video. But um huh? So I need her to relax. She can't. She can't, <laughs> she won't. You know, that's the thing about her. Um, you would love her if she was a person. Anyway, the thing is is that the last time we were talking, it was very hypothetical. It was like, I'm a black woman director. I'm trying, I'm breaking in, my career is new. Now you're like a hot director, Tiff. Like you literally direct, you're directing like on, you know, a swath of big Vanguard black shows. Um, What's just gone on since the last time? Obviously I saw saw your ass recently, but like this is the last time I I spoke to you in front of other people. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. right. Cause we talk all the time and you know actually what's going on. Um, I mean, Justin, like 2019, man, it like, it came so fast, so hard. And I like every opportunity that came my way, I just kind of like committed to it. Um, Mm -hmm. I like, it came, it went zero to 100 real quick. Um, It did. Like, I blinked and already I was just like knocking these out. But in addition to doing those those episodes, I've also done, I did a music video last year, which was really dope for Gavin Turek. Right. Um, I did this campaign for Dove, which was really awesome. Um, so it's just been like, I was in a space of just wanting to work. I wanted to be a working director. I think for a while I would 
say that I was a director or say that I was a filmmaker, but didn't really feel like I could own that because I wasn't doing it necessarily. Um, so the goal was just really to like work, really to like kind of get my feet wet, work the muscle and keep keep learning. And TV has given me the opportunity to um, to in short get paid to practice, really, which is dope. Yeah. Um, and it's allowed me to tap into you know, sort of the technical aspect of directing, which is, which is really much all of what television directing is, 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 you know, the, the, the speed in which you move as a director. So it's just all those things I think are just giving me more sort of tools to just like better my voice. Um, so I, I kind of leaned into it and it just went on for the ride and it's been, it's been great. <laughs> That's beautiful. And, and I just want you to break that down a little bit for folks listening, because you know, anybody who knows you knows you're you're just you're an original. I mean, like the folks listening to this on podcast cannot see the beautiful frame that is her like webcam, I don't know, motif that she has going. There's like a wallpaper situation, there's reflections. I feel like there's like the, the story of like America is being told to me visually behind you what? somehow. I don't know. I see brilliance in everything you do. And, and you're such a unique artist. How does that, how, how do you translate that to working in TV, which, you know, like you said, it's about That's speed. That's a great question. I have, um, I will say I've been fortunate to be, to have been given episodes that have allowed me to bring my imagination um, and have allowed me to um, sort of tap into my voice. I mean, the thing is, at the end of the day, you are, everything's kind of already laid out, right? The palette has been established. The world has been established. The characters know themselves. Like I'm not coming in to reinvent anything. I'm 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 purely coming on to a moving train that I'm going to jump right back off of, and another person's going to come and do. So it it has allowed me to not have to be so precious in a way, um, and I'm able to I'm able to kind of turn off a little bit of the like the control factor because I have a team of people around me who are who are going to tell me, you know, if it's working or not. So in a way, I think it's not, I wouldn't say directing television is for every filmmaker. It is, it, it, it's a big ask for an artist to have to sort of, you know, kind of compromise and sort of, you know, bottle in your voice a little bit. But I look at it as a challenge. Like I try to take each, each episode or each show is, is, is like a, a new class in a way. And you kind of have to learn, you know, learn the players and, and learn all the, the classmates and the teachers or whatever. And it's like, I just kind of give myself little sort of challenges with each, each show and like, what's going to be the goal for me. Oh, well, let's, 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 no, let's let the kids know what it's like a little bit. So let's get specific. So um, you can obviously talk about dear white people, uh, you know, black Monday, I think is interesting because you worked on black Monday and um, you know, with dear white people, like we're friends. I love you. I trust your vision. That's a specific relationship. But um, with something like twenties, like obviously, like you and Lena know each other. But yeah. what, like on 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 Black Monday, you're kind of walking in. It's just like, yeah, I'm so tip, what's I up? Say, I will say. So going back to dear white people, there was because I know you and because we're we're family. There was a lot of pressure of wanting to you know, deliver not only for myself, but deliver. Yeah, Taylor, figure it out, boo. Pick a side. She's she's really trying to, she's really trying to get in this conversation, honey. She is stepping on the keyboard. She's like, I am here. Yeah, I see you, boo. I see you. <laughs> but, um, but no, I think when you're with, with doing, working with friends, first of all, and, and working for friends is, um, has been something that I've, I've done a lot now. And with your white people, there was a lot of um, pressures because not only do I know you, 
Who did you just, did you just wink at someone? Rick is here. <laughs> oh, He's getting Taylor. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Pay no attention to the things behind the curtain. <laughs> I can't. I, I mean, I'm looking right at you. How can I not? Um, but Sorry. not you as a showrunner for that show, but the entire cast, it, you know, those are my people as well. So it was like, it was a little bit of this like pressure of, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to step up for them. I think I, I hadn't worked with a lot of them, um, you know, before like this. So it was very exciting to like, kind of be, be in that world with them. And and the challenge with your white people, you do so much, Justin. I mean, that show is so like- We do a lot, girl. We do a lot. So for me coming in, it's like, what can I do that they, that you haven't done already? Like, like what, how can I expand on what, um, on the language that you've created. So, it, and that was hard because it's like, wait, you know, you guys shoot, you know, all the sets are very similar. So you're in reoccurring rooms and things. So it's like, how can I make this feel fresh? Um, but with- and, and, how, and how did you? I, sorry, I don't mean to stop you. And I'm just really like interested in this. Like, no, you're not rambling at all. I just like, you know, the, I feel like on some level, we're all like artists trying yeah. to like figure out how to turn what we love into like rent money. But like, that's not always a straightforward process. So I'm just trying to break it down. And, you know, dear white people, obviously, I know uh, you directed one of my favorite episodes in season three, which involves Lionel going to a sex club. You remember you told me when, when you had um, sent me the script, you were like, by the way, I gave you the gayest episode. It's the and gayest I, possible like, episode. OK, got it. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is duly noted. Yeah. And there's, was, and there's quite a lot of moments in that episode that are singularly yours. Is there any possible way to just maybe have a conversation in here? <laughs> People don't come for the conversation. They come for me. Which side do you want? Liberal or conservative? <laughs> just want a boyfriend. Doesn't anyone here just want a fucking boyfriend? Not right now. When you said, you know, you got to pick little challenges, like, how do, how do you do that? Like, how do you bring yourself to something that's kind yeah, of someone it, else's? It, yeah, it's picking your battles. I mean, I've learned, I learned uh, for me, um, in terms of my artistry and as a director, there are things I'm very specific on, right? And I really kind of protect those. And then there's things that I couldn't care less about, right? And that's mm. like, I'm on, the, there's no middle part. It's either I want it this way <laughs> or... Yeah, show me. Like I'm, I'm a little more open. Um, but with that show, I mean, I approach. I've, I'm finding that it's, it's the ways you come into scenes, right? It's I try to be very specific, and I try to, I try to make that be a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, come I mean, into scenes meaning like the first thing you see in a yes, scene. Yes, the first thing you see, and like how we, how we come into that scene, how we go out of that scene, and then I kind of let the middle just kind of find itself. But. I, I mean, with Dear White People, I really leaned on the actors. Again, the, these these actors know these characters better than I do, so their instincts are, are going to be, you know, right, and, and you kind of just trust that. Um, but I don't know. I guess I try to... Any, any For me, any chance I can direct the audience with the camera is where I try to try to do. So, like, I... Any, any chance to move the camera is always going to be, like, the focus for me. And I think that's when you say you see me, I think that is what is authentic to m- in my voice, I guess. So right. that's why it feels like like me. Um, it's the way you move the camera. You move us through the space. Yeah, yeah. And then jumping to Black Monday. So, which is... Black Monday was dope because it was, like you said, the first time I was walking into a show where, like, no one knew me, right? I had everything. <laughs> Like, 
I, I got, that was like the first job I booked by having a general, you know, meeting the showrunners and then like having this meeting. And I, by getting it, I was like, oh shit, like you're in the game now, Tiffany, you gotta, you gotta play. So I was very anxious, obviously working with that cast and, um, you know, th- again, them not knowing who I was and my voice and all that stuff, but that's a show that's very director driven. So it allowed me to like, they didn't question it. They, they, they accepted it. They leaned into it and they were like, we're, you know, what, what do you want to do? Like, we'll, we'll go with you. So, I mean, I just, I've gotten lucky with working with great showrunners, I will say, and working with um, great cast and crew and people who trust me and let me kind of, you know, do what I want to do. I mean, you don't, you don't get it all right. I mean, I had to be reeled in, I had to be reeled in a little bit on twenties. I had to be reeled in a lot on Boomerang. I'm sure Don knows, like, what did you have to be reeled in on? I'm curious. Because you, I, I, Don told me on doing um, episode seven on Boomerang this season. Uh, okay, season a, two, episode seven. Yeah, it's a dream episode, right? And Yes, I love yeah, that episode. The entire thing is a dream. And I remember having a meeting with Don and showing her these references. And like, I had wanted to paint the bathroom chartreuse. And she was like, she told me, she was like, Tiffany, I just want you to remember whose dream it is. And I was like, okay. <laughs> that sounds like something Dominique no, said. <laughs> I believe in you and I support you and I love all these like ideas you have, but. Oh, I'm dead. Remember whose dream it is. And I was like. Remember whose yeah. dream this yes. is. Can I, okay. First of all, can you please make sure that I wanted to paint the room chartreuse is the name of your autobiography. <laughs> I did. And you know what's funny is like my, the deep mom, our DP on that show, David Morrison, when we actually shot that scene, he did something in the camera that turned it completely pink. And I was like, Ooh, but I kind of love this too. <laughs> and so we think, I think we ended up shooting. Yeah. We ended up shooting it like that. I think we had the option to turn it back. Um, but yeah, so I, I've had to, I've come to the table with things that haven't always been approved. Right. Like I've uh, in twenties, um, I think it was, there was, you know, there's a, like a musical moment where Hattie kind of comes, um, she comes out of this security booth and she kind of, oh. and I remember my, in Is the, it, it's episode two, episode two. Yeah. Yes. And, like, I love I that. Meeting, I was like, Oh, I want the, I want the, um, I want dancers and I want like people to come out like all this. I've been like, I remember, uh, uh, Susan and Lena just being like, yeah, it's not La La Land. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. Thank, thankfully not. <laughs> thankfully not. But like, I was like, okay, let me let me like hone in and like take. So there are times where I will come heavy, right? And I'll, I'll mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you see what sticks basically. And um, yeah, but that's also the fun. And I think it's, it allows me to kind of like, you know, figure it out. Tiff, where did this come from, this audacity of yours? Because what I love about you is that, like, whenever I'm around you, I feel like I can be more myself because you are, like, a cross-section of all these things that, like, nobody ever told me you could do at the same time. Where did that come from? I think I just, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's just um, I live in, 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 like, expressing myself. And I think I do, I carry that in, you know, obviously aesthetic of you know whatever like I'm just always trying to be expressive but I don't know I don't think anyone ever gave me permission I think I just mm. um I live it and I and I it, it's me what's <laughs> your favorite what's the do you have a favorite shot of anything that you snuck through or like got made to happen not a favorite shot oh of the past year it could be tv it could be video it could be anything oh wow that's a great question Justin because I do have a lot of um let me think. Dear white people, 
oh, one of my favorite shots in Dear White People is um, when Lionel and um, Deontay come into the the sex party and swing. Yes. <laughs> The legs and yes, <laughs> I love that shot. You know, like, I remember Topher setting that up and Topher being like, "This okay." I think my mom is. We're gonna just go there. It's fine, but you can see kind of like, you know what you can see Genital- genitalia. Yes, you can see just, a, just like because a, they're in a sex club, right? Okay. Club. And it's so there's legs and there's genitalia. At first, uh, Topher wanted to frame them out, and I was like. Ooh, can you just like give me a little bit? Like, just give me a little bit. Just and like up a, to the balls, please. Just a tinge, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, the, I, I don't know where that frame came from, but I really I enjoyed setting it up. And I remember having to tell those two guys, I was like, um, I need you to really be like fucking. Like, I had to say that to them. And they were like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah, just I need to, I need to feel like that. Um, that was one of my favorite shots. Um, well, I have to say, when I saw that shot, I literally gasped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a so it's I think it's um someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's th- I think it's the sixth episode in the third season. Um, but basically, Lionel goes to his first gay sex club because you know that's what happens sometimes. Not for me ever, mom. But uh, <laughs> Lionel goes to this gay sex club. And there's this moment when he, like people are like hitting on him and bringing all this dildos and stuff in his face. And he's like, oh, I just want a boyfriend. Does anyone just want a boyfriend? And there's like this snap zoom oh, out. Oh, yes, I love that shot too. Yes, yes. And Lionel is like perfectly like, you know, centered between like a pair of legs and people yes, are like yes. having sex over here. It's just like a, it's just like a beautiful shot. It felt like something out of Sweet Charity, you know? Oh. And it, I guess because it was like, that's you know there are mo- there are, you have these bursts in your work where it's just like who thought of that you know who thought to combine those things yeah, yeah. I mean just you you don't know if it's gonna work right you just kind of do it and I think what what I always I get excited when the camera does something that maybe I wasn't thinking and I'm like oh wait maybe that 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 could be it right like you I think what I've also learned about TV directing is um a lot of your work is in prep, right? Like you, you do a lot. It's, it consists of mostly meetings, having a ton of meetings, meetings about meetings about meetings and mm-hmm. all this prep work. But at the same time, I like to leave a little bit of space for the unknown, right? Like I like to just let things kind of find themselves and, and, you know, you just be surprised by things. So like, I think that shot, I didn't anticipate seeing, you know, a tinge of the, of the nuts, but like once we, once I saw it in the frame, I was like, Oh, that's, That's what I want, let's do it. Hey, hey, Brendan, do we have any um, questions from the audience? Questions already? I don't know, we might. Um, One from someone you all know, Ashley Blaine Featherson. Get it! Hi, boo! Says, Tiff, what's the most challenging task as a director? The most challenging task as a director? Um, I would say trusting the work. I mean, like, I I feel... It's never going to be perfect, right? And I think the the minute you you can accept that and, and, and... believe that, then it allows you to be a little more free and open. I think the hardest thing is, is striving for perfection um, and striving for like exactly what you see. And that's not always going to be the case. Um, 
so I think it's, and, and I try, I've gotten better at sort of getting that out of, out of the way, but I, you know, I haven't made my first movie yet. So I think that I imagine once that comes into play, I'm sure I'm going to be very much a perfectionist, but yeah, I think it's just the hardest thing is, is trying to find, uh, to translating your vision, right. And communicating that to the people who are doing that for you. Um, but also allowing them to, to bring it to life as well. Right. And, and not being just so in your head. Um, now, now, where does that vision come from? You have, you know, what I love, what I recognize, I see myself in your work in that, you know, sometimes you are being referential. Mm-hmm. Um, you are quoting something uh, else that you want us to see in a new context. Yeah. Like what's the, what are you inspired by? Like what, if you could put it into a few films maybe, or a few directors? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm very inspired by uh, cinema and as a whole, and so I, I I like to pull references from from films all the time. Um, and I think we all should still, you know, as artists, that's what we, you know, that's what we do. Um, but as far as di- directors who inspire me, um, I love just heavy-handed directors. So I love directors who are in your face, who don't hold back, mm. who are bold. Um, you know, Scorsese, obviously, um, Del Palma, we talk a lot about, we love. Yes. Fosse, we love, um, just like. We love Fosse. We love Fosse, just directors who, like, you, you talk about just having the audacity to really, um, I think they're make, ultimately making movies that they want to see, right? I mean, Tarantino's yeah. doing it he's making movies that he wants to see. And I think when you do that, um, you're allowing yourself to really be, bold and and honest um as far as films i don't know what films wait i'm gonna stop you there because i, I want to get I, i'm gonna have some real talk about this because oh. that's something i think about all the time a lot of our favorite directors fossey would be included right yeah. their work is perfection and you know that they but they wouldn't think that they, but they wouldn't think their work is perfection they wouldn't think it but here's where i'm going with it Okay, they, you know they pushed and they pushed and they pushed until they got there basically yeah. they're assholes yeah, I mean, is it possible? I, you're not an asshole, so like, how do we achieve that without being dicks to people? We talk about this. We is it possible? I think it is possible, and I think we have to be we have to be examples that it is possible. I live for collaboration. I am not a one person direct. I can't. It's not all on me. That's too much pressure. So I really allow my collaborators to do what they do best and do and do what they they've studied and do their craft. So I, I'm not trying to, there's no ego in this for me. This is pure, this is, mm-hmm. this is let's us coming together, you know, a collection of artists coming together to create this one thing. Everyone is just as important. Like they need me just as much as I need them. So I can't, I can't expect, you know, I can't treat them. You know, you can't treat your crew like shit because your crew is doing the work for you. Um, right. I mean, there's moments, right? You have moments where you're frustrated, where everyone's frustrated and there's this like uh, anxiety and pressure, but uh, I try to hide it or I try to like, you know, not let it, not let it seep into my, oop, there was a ding. That was me, whoopsie. It was you, Damn, it was you. <laughs> if I can use my thing, would you wait? Can you still hear me? I can, girl. Oh, but nope, that's not gonna work. It's tech that method. ding is really trying to co-host the show. I'm so like Taylor was <laughs> like it's the ding. I got the ding. It's um, true. It's true. That's no, true. But yeah, I, fault. wait. What was your question? Like, can you're saying can we be great without being crazy? 
like how do we like how do we strive for that level of perfection fossey level of perfection like how do we get there without I being I don't know if I want people? fossey level of perfection to be honest because okay I, okay I don't like he drove himself crazy right and I don't want yeah. to have to do that I don't want my I don't want to become too obsessive with my art. Like I want, because at some point you got to release it, right? Like you got to let it be what it's going to be and let people accept it. They're never going to see it the way you saw it, right? They're never going to see it that way. And like I, you you know, you can watch your work all the time and just see the mistakes, right? You just see like, oh, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Um, But that's not fair to the audience. The audience doesn't know the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. They're seeing it the way it's intended for them to see it. Um, But I don't know. I think I think we can be equally great and decent people <laughs> at the same time. I think I think um, if you just yeah, if you just trust in in, in the people that you surround yourself with, um, yeah. it should it should it should work. Hopefully. <laughs> now you mentioned what I said to you, and um, we we brought you on to do an episode of Dear White People that I'm giving you the gayest episode of the season, yeah. which was absolutely true. Yeah, but I yeah. knew I knew it would be in good hands because one, I know you, but also I had seen Marabou, which is your absolutely wonderful short starring okay. Latrice Royale. Um, and you know what's what I've what is not lost on me ever is that as a gay man you know, I get a lot of opportunities to tell women's stories. Mm-hmm. What is that relationship about, do you think, Tiff? Like, gay Black men and uh, and Black women. What is that like? There's like a symbiosis there artistically. We speak the same language. I mean, Black women learn so much. Again. I mean, I like to joke and say that I was raised by Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Like, that was <laughs> a drag. I mean, think about that. I am, I am who I am because of that movie. Like yes. Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze, you know, John Linguizamo, though I wanted to be them. <laughs> like, all gay all gay men, all, all out famous gay men. We, yeah, we speak the same language and it's, yeah, we we play off of each other very well. Like we, we're in on this like inside joke between us that only we can understand. I think it's just like, there's a bond and a mutual like respect there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I love that. So I'm going to shift into some dark, some darker territory. Yeah. Well, just because the times are dark. Who's dinging you? People. People are <laughs> She's so popular. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Okay, no, but I mean, it's a, it's been a heavy week, you know, um, with all the things going on in, in Minneapolis and um, just like the, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's like whiplash because every year there's a bunch of these moments where um, an unarmed black person is just murdered by the police and we have to then watch, you know, people protect the guns and protect the cops. And then the news coverage is all about the riot. It's like a cycle that I'm I'm used to. And then we all go and write episodes of television about it. Then the episodes come out and then it happens again. Um, What is, what is our responsibility right now as art, as artists, do you think like, is it to figure out how to speak to this moment? Is it to escape from it, to provide escapism? All of those. I think we need, I think we need art that's expressing what's happening in real time. I think we need art that is also a, a, a way for us to disconnect and escape. I think, and I think that's why there's so many different, we have so many different voices to provide that. You know what I mean? I think your art brings both the humor while addressing what's going on as well, you know? Um, and I think that's important to be able to, address it in a way that is not so so heavy and so down. Um, but I think it's it's all of our responsibilities to be providing 
um, work and art that speaks to to the times and and can provide you know an, an alternate reality um, as yeah. well. So I think it's all it all matters. When you sit down to watch something, like what are you looking for these days? And you can be honest, you can tell me it's the Housewives, because let me tell you something. <laughs> I watched the Housewives of New York and I, mean, I needed I that break. No, I know you love a Housewives situation. I do. Um, I don't do the Housewives. Um, obviously I do the drag, the RuPaul drag race. That's we do the drag race, yes. That's quality programming. Yeah, we do the like guilty pleasure reality competition stuff, you know, like yes. Project Runway or making the cut um, because oh, I, I love that. I don't do a lot of scripted because sometimes scripted can be, um, we talk about this, it can be like work. Yes. yes. Do, you feel, do you feel guilty about this? I, when I'm writing Dear White People, like I cannot watch my friend's black shows because no, I feel no, like I'm in my writer's room still. <laughs> yeah, I, if I'm watching a, sh- like, I don't binge also. Like I miss watching shows on a weekly basis. Um, like mm. I, I look forward to having like a set show that I'm like looking forward to type of thing. Um, so binging a show is not like my jam necessarily, but I will say scripted stuff right now. Um, I'm really into Dave on Hulu. Okay, okay. With, with that. Um, I did The Last Dance, the Bulls. Dog. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Which again, that was, that was coming out weekly that like, it was nice to look forward to, you know, you had that like Sunday night show. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about, but you're a movie, you're a cinephile too. So I'm what are the, mo- I'm watching anything. I'm, what are the movies? What have been on the, what's been on the quarantine cue list? Um, well, so funny, my, um, my AFI like sisters, we, the, um, one of them, Lorraine, she started a list of like movies that were like geared towards what we're kind of going through right now. So like isolation, paranoia, oh. Um, I know, I know, which was very heavy, but I was like, send me that list. Um, so the answer to my question is, I want to go <laughs> cut me open. Like, yeah, we're yeah. in hard times. Yeah. I or want like, you to... You know, failure movies or like natural, like just all these type of movies. Um, and so I watched The Conversation. Francis okay. Ford, I hadn't seen that. That was dope. Um, I rewatched... Oh, why am I drawing a blank? Um, I recently watched The Matrix again because that's... Yes. That never gets old. Um, what else have I just watched? Oh, I watched The Stepford Wives, the original. Oh, the- yeah, that's dark. I didn't love it. I was so Oh, oh my God. I the, like campy, cheesy version that they did with Nicole Kidman. Um, I mean, it was good. I, I could appreciate things about it, but as a whole, I was a little, I was very underwhelmed. Okay, so riddle me this. Riddle yeah. me this. When you sit down to watch a film, right now, with every all the bullshit that's going on in the world, like today, okay? Like every day, real life tip. When you sit down, are you looking for a, a hug, a happy ending, or are you looking for like, to have your heart, like have heart surgery done on you? Like, what do you, what do you need, what do you need the movie to do, if you had to pick between the two? I'm looking to be reminded what great films are. Like that's, I, if I'm gonna watch a film, I love movies that when you rewatch them, they feel like you're watching them for the first time again, right? So I'm mm. looking to like just be reminded of what a dope movie is. If that is emotional, if that's, you know, an adventure and whatever, it just I'm looking to, I'm choosing films that are just fucking good and no matter what I'm doing, like it's gonna, it's gonna grab my attention. And I'm and not what gives you what gives you that feeling though? Like is it the style <laughs> of it? Is it the <laughs> plots? It could be, yeah, all of those combined, the characters, maybe just like subtle moments that like I um, 
just like love or like I can't wait for you know like you've seen them if it's one of your favorite movies you you know what's going to happen so sometimes there's moments where you're like oh I can't wait for it to get to that part or yeah I don't know it's just it's a combination of things it can be inspiration I'm looking for or again just to be like entertained and like completely mm-hmm. to a film so you mentioned before that you haven't made your first feature yet but I am I gotta say I can't wait till it happens because you got a lot to say as a filmmaker. And um, I guess like, you know, kind of along the same lines of this question, if entertainment and engagement are on a spectrum, you know, Mm -hmm. and like the closer you get to entertainment, the further away you get from engagement. And when I say engagement, I mean a movie that really fucks you up, a movie that makes you think, a movie that sort of leaves you a bit befuddled, like, ah, I don't know what to do with that ending, or I don't know what to do with uh, the the subject matter. where do you want your first movie to be in between that spectrum of entertaining and engaging? I want it to be entertaining, but also uncomfortable. So I want to be like, right. You want to be right in the middle. I want to be right in the middle. Yeah. I want, mo- I want to make you think and make you cringe, but I also want you to be enamored by the world and the colors and the textures. Like I want it to be an experience, but also leaves you like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and what what yeah. movies have what movies have done that recently? Like what comes to mind? Anything? Um You don't you don't have to name like any movies that me or like people you know of me. No, no, no. <laughs> no pressure. Well, just something you've seen. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just start listing. <laughs> you know what movie I really went I, I really enjoyed last year and I saw it twice? was Uncut Gems. Have we talked about Uncut Gems? Oh, you and I have not talked about it, no. Did you, where, were you, where are you at on it? I love that movie. Okay, absolutely loved it. And I think it's because what those dudes are doing is they're giving you everything. They're leaning all the way into our director toolbox, right? Like the editing was very hectic and crazy. The score was like ridiculous and obnoxious and like in your face. You could, I felt like I couldn't breathe while I was watching that film. I loved everything. Agreed. And then the ending was like, it brought you all the way there just to like drop you. And I was like, yeah. I felt gutted. And I was like, how, da- like, how dare you do this to me? But I love every second of it. So that's a film that like I watch, I, I'm excited to see what those dudes do now knowing their world and how much, um, they're kind of like, yeah, they're kind of like modern, you know, Del Palma. Like they're using... They're extreme directors, and I and I and I mm-hmm. I am into that. Um, now, now speaking of the ending of of Uncut Gems, like I feel like you like you said, you were gutted at the end of that movie. Um, I was gutted yeah. at the end of Uncut Gems. Oh, what are you saying? I was gonna say yeah because I was like rooting for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and he loses everything. Now, Uncut Gems, but everybody's black. Yes. <laughs> Does the ending, but the ending specifically, the, the tragic ending, ending. The ending would be 10 times more tragic. But right. So, so yes, how right. do you end it? If it's black, if it's black uncut gems in 2020, how do we end it? I and ended why? The, I ended the way, I ended it the way they ended it, honestly. Wow. Like, I mean, that's a cho- like, that's bold, right? Like, I know. I want you to, I want to talk about it. Cause like, you know, it's, yeah, um, it's really tricky. Like as a person who has just made a horror film that is going to yeah, be coming yeah. out soon. And, um, you know, obviously like I watched, uh, I've seen both versions of get out for instance. Yeah. And, and I actually had a conversation with Toray about this on his podcast. Like he likes the ending where, um, you know, the dude goes to where he goes to jail because it's more interesting. And I like the happy ending better. 
And is it a happy ending though? It's not happy. No, no, but it's, you know, he doesn't die. Like, he doesn't lose everything. Right. It feels heroic. It feels like we, we it, fe- it feels like political. Yes. That he that he survives at the end of that movie. I, don't, I think if he if we if Get Out had the ending that that Jordan intended, where he goes to jail, that would have been a different theater experience. But for you, for your taste, Miss Tiff, where are you at right now? Because I, honestly, I ask myself this all the time: like, where am I at? Because I feel like with white movies. You can do all kind of things because there's so many white movies. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But we have to be challenging the audience. We can't, we can't just give it to them. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think if Uncut Gems, all black, same ending, that's a fucking movie, right? Like, that's, I'm applauding that filmmaker for, (laughs) for doing it. Because if it it doesn't change the, I mean, if you keep the same, you know, themes, which is, you know, greed and, um, you know, being obsessed with with gambling like if you keep all that yeah that's that exists in black like that can still be our narrative and like it would it would probably feel more tragic to us because we wanted him to win but it would also just be like a a reminder too of like shit like it, it yeah. can, you know what i mean so it's tough, it's it's, tough. It's a con- we have to think about that as black filmmakers white filmmakers don't have to do. think about that they don't, they don't have to think about it kill them all, whatever like we have to like wait can we have Who's our There's hero? no secret. There's no secret alternate ending to Black Swan where she lives. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> like that is not something that kept anybody up at night. <laughs> no, no. They were like, yeah, of course she's gonna die. She's gonna, kill she's gonna like, die. It's a horror movie. She's gonna die. Yeah, easily. She's gorgeous. She has to die. Like it's very like okay. You have to think about that, and it's it it takes away from the artistry, right? It takes away yeah. from what we you know are trying to say or potentially trying to say whatever. So. And in terms of like, I mean, how do you navigate that as an artist, as a person who's trying to reach people, but yeah. you're obviously of the community that you're trying to reach, like, sure. you know, how do you navigate that on something? I think you just have to do, I mean, it's as easy as it sounds, I think you just have to do the work and you have to be authentic to to yourself. Um, and listen, they, you know, they say there's there's two movies, there's there's movies for everybody and then there's movies for somebody. Some, You know what I mean? Like if you're trying... Yeah. Trying to pl- make a movie for everybody, that's great. Fantastic. Good luck. Or just, just make a movie for somebody, right? And and that yeah. can be one or two people, whatever. But that's that's the those are the movies I'm trying to make. It's somebody hopefully will see. Maybe them. more than one or two, girl, because movies oh. are expensive. Yeah, so hopefully not one or two, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. They cost the monies. I don't <laughs> like it. They cost a pretty thing. I think we should take questions from the audience because, um, girl, this chat, I, there's a lot of people chatting. Oh, there's people so chatting? Like, yes, there's nice. like a 99 plus. Who want to know things? So uh, yeah. tell us, Brendan, what do they want to know? Yes, all right, so I'm, I'm kind of Frankensteining some questions because um, we have a, a few. But um, so the question is, how do you use your personal experiences as a black woman from Compton in a very white male dominated industry to direct and tell our stories? And going off of that, what advice do you have for uh, people who are in the same situation with projects in development? Whoa, I'm gonna need you to rewind. That's about 14 questions. <laughs> I'll, I'll unfrankenstein it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how do you, so 
how do, how do you basically use your experiences being a black woman from Compton in this industry? Like, how do you use those experiences? In a predominantly white world. I mean, I am a, like, I, my, I am my experience. Like I don't, I walk into the space and into a room as myself. Um, and I take, yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything necessarily specific other than just being authentically me. Um, and, and wearing that, you know, proudly. But um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I will say working, working in this, this, you know, any room you walk in as a black female filmmaker, you all, there's already sort of preconceived notions, right? There's already sort of like a, uh, an idea of who you are and who you may be. So I'm trying, I'm like, let me, let me, let me show them what they don't know, right? Like, let me mm. let me be who they probably haven't seen yet, or let. But let, but that is that's me, right? Because I know they haven't seen seen me. Um, but I mean, I don't. I also don't. I don't try to expect anything other. I also, like I, I just am, you know, if, trying to. Um, yeah, just be authentically me. Um, what's the other part of that question? I'm sorry. Take me if you want me. Fuck yeah, me if you don't. Like, yeah. If you don't, then so be it. Keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah. There was another That's part. Great. There was. There was like there was 18 more parts of the question. <laughs> like the whole thing. Yeah, there are. But the, the other one I asked is like, um, what advice do you have for people who have projects in development who are coming from the same, you know, kind of similar shoes as you? What advice do I have for people? Um, I mean, as, as corny as, and cliche as it sounds, you, you, I mean, you just got to do it. I mean, I talk a lot about making my first short, Ladylike, which was the first short I did out of film school, and how I love that experience so much because it was so guerrilla and it was so um, scrappy. You know, like we we had no permission, we had no permits. We I don't even think we had insurance, which I don't I'm not I don't recommend. But I'm I'm saying like. <laughs> We didn't wait for anyone to tell us to do it. And I got everyone who I knew loved and supported me on board to help, Um, you know, and we just did it. Like, I I remember there's a scene where um, Court and Nia are driving down, I think like Sepulveda, and I'm in a van with my DP and a camera. And we're I'm like leaning out the, the window of the car, like yelling to Nia, like we're on Sepulveda. No, not a car. Not a, a cop patrol. Like I'm like, all right, put your hands up. Now. Like doing, and it was just something about this. Like you just gotta do it and like trust the process that we just kind of all surrender to. And like, I mean, yeah, that I watched that short, and it's it's you know it has its flaws here and there, whatever. But I just that time and that experience is something that I try to maintain at all times because it was like, it's you can't you can't recreate that. You know what I mean? I think. I, I would just say whatever you're developing, the follow through is 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 important and you just have to, if you start it, you got to finish it, right? And just let it be what it's going to be. And again, don't wait for um, someone to tell you that you need more money or that you, you know, need to get this or whatever. Like you figure it out. We had, again, not a one permit. Like we walked into stores and was like, hi, can we shoot? And they <laughs> were like, okay, great. Thank you. And then when next door, hi, can we shoot? Yes, great. Like you just, you, and that like, that can't, I don't know where it comes from, but it, it, it kicked in. And um, so I, I just encourage you to just like literally jump. You, got, you just got to jump and um, just going back to like accepting that it's not going to be perfect and that's okay. And it'll be what it needs to be. 
I think that is really, really good advice, Tiff, because like, you know, so many people are waiting for permission. They're waiting yeah. for the green light. They're waiting for a manager. They're waiting for, you know, yeah. the money to come through. And you say, go in the store and be like, hi, can we, my, excuse me, my name's <laughs> yes. Tiff. Yes. And I mean, and we should. Like, yeah, like, you know, lean into your charm if you got to or whatever, but like, don't. Like, I mean, and make it work. I remember the record store we shot at, the girl was like, you can do it. You know, you have two hours before we open. I was like, fantastic. Like, wow. like, okay, let's beat it. Two hours. We got two hours to figure this out. Like, just, yeah. you, And you want to home in on that. You want to really, I think you'll find a lot of, um, you'll find a lot of things about yourself in that process. So I, yeah, that's what I'd say. Um, we got any more questions, Brendan? What are three films you think every filmmaker should see? Oh, Mia! It's a loaded question. Okay, okay, let's unload the question. What are so, what are some films oh. that maybe are culty or obscure or maybe one wouldn't expect from a black filmmaker going into a room? Should we maybe have on our radar? We'll take some pressure off. It's not like the top three. Of course, of course. We can pull, um, and we, this is how we can bring into the cult part. This is me being a really good host. Tip. Yeah, this is you being a great host. I would, oh, Jesus, 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 the pressure, the pressure. You said you wanted to talk about it. I know, but now like the, the narrowing down to three. I have a list here. In front oh my God. Just now, you can name three, any um, three. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh. I think every filmmaker, because of how practical that film is too. Yes. Um, if you think about that, like obviously to, with today's technology and visual effects, that would be a totally different movie. But um, Frank Oz, I think really just like tapped into all the, like the, you know, it's a puppet. Like he just really leaned into the theatrics of it. Um, yeah. And that can be really, really inspiring for a filmmaker. So I would say that and it's, it's- And it's very like, the location is a soundstage. It's like a you are aware you're on a set. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, one of my favorite hidden gems, which is on my 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 list of B movies, cult movies, is um, Blowout by Brian. Oh, we love Blowout. Is that your favorite? Is that your favorite De Palma? Yes, easily, hands down. Um, wow. With, Mine's with dressed to, mine is Dressed to Kill. I was going to say with Dressed to Kill is like a close second. Dressed to Kill is very uncomfortable, but that's he's also so Hitchcock on that. Like it's yeah, it's to the point where I was like, do we get it? But who am I? Like, I haven't, like, my shit. It's also sense. very, very problematic. <laughs> oh, 1,000. The opening yeah. scene alone. I was, I'm always like, ugh. But what well, well uh, there's no understanding of, like, of trans people at all in the film. Like, it's very fucked up in that way. But, yes, yes. but sure we were that. talking about you, not me. Blowout. <laughs> Why do we love Blowout? <laughs> Blowout is just, from the editing to the sound, like, it's just a, sh- a movie that is so thought out and so constructed so well um and it's just it's really fucking good it's really good um so i wait what did i say blow out little shop of said blow out little shop um and i'll throw out this one I somebody think I- said what about the movie crash <laughs> um tiff why did you just like <laughs> <talk about that? laughs> wait <laughs> crash the um, film Crash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, one of your faves. What about, I mean. I, we'll move on. So, we'll yeah, on. Another, another film that I think every film <laughs> Oh, no. Um, no, we love it. 
Go ahead. <laughs> um, one movie I think everyone. I'm gonna throw out uh, American Psycho. I think that that oh. was list. I would say Amer- also female filmmaker. So bravo. Um, yes. Ashes again, a, a movie that understands what it's doing. You know, it, it mm-hmm. understands itself and it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's nuts. And Christian Bale is committed to a T. And it's like. I also don't know if he was like really acting, like you know what I mean. Like I think there's a, he tapped into a version of himself. I think yes, but that's just a very. Um, I think it's it's a, a almost near perfect movie. Um, so yeah, I would say Little Shop, Blowout, American Psycho, and that's into our cult movies. <laughs> okay, so talking about cult movies, we have like six minutes. <laughs> oh no! Is it almost over? We'll go. We'll we'll be fine. But like, okay, talking about cult movies, like what. You know, I think a lot of people are intimidated. Like, where do I start? It's like you, you know, you have access to the Criterion yeah. Collection. You're like, that's not in English. Don't know right. what year this came out. How do yeah. you how do you find your way into cult cinema? Like you specifically, and like on what movies? Well, my, I I go like camp cult, right? Like I don't mm-hmm. do too much. Well, although I've listed two films that kind of have horror, but there's horror, there's horror cult, there's like sci-fi cult. Um, but I don't do the like guilty pleasure stuff. Like I think there's when you okay. think of movies i think people think that like it's actually a bad movie that you appreciate no i think i mean blowout is an, an incredible movie it just didn't do i think of cult films as having a very specific uh, like maybe audiences didn't get it audiences general audiences didn't, didn't get it, it yeah. when it came out but yeah. audience have found it exactly and and again that sort of rewatchability that we talk about like a film that just feels anew each time but i mean start with I mean, there's so many lists. There's actually a documentary coming out on cult movies. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that I think does like midnight movies, horror movies, and then camp movies. But I mean, just I, there's so much. I don't even know. I wouldn't know where to tell someone to start other than maybe the three films that I threw out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and then true. from there, you can kind of segue into. I just saw a movie called The Love Witch. Which is a cult, Has, would, what would we classify that as? That's I, I would classify that as a cult movie. That is a cult movie because nobody, when we talk, again, an all black version of that would like. See, oh. right? I, okay, can I be real with you? Please. Would they let us make an all black version of that movie? Absolutely not. I would, but they would absolutely not let us make an all black movie of that. No. Like, what I, would people do with Like, what would they say? They would, I don't know. It would be you and me. And dime in the audience, possibly. Like, like loving it. Yeah, just being like, yes. I don't what's know. Something, I, I think there should something? be a black version of that. Okay, so we talked about this once before. I think you need to see the Hunger Next, just oh, for your own. The David Bowie one. Yeah. What do I need to see? Um, I was gonna throw out one that I don't know if you've seen. It's it's a camp cult. Um, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, I've seen Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, what Thing. I just because I'm gay, you know, we okay. have to see certain. Well, that's things. one that like <laughs> is a big sleeper that nobody saw. Um, I was also going to talk about The Wiz because that's a camp cult movie for sure, <laughs> right? Like, I love. I'd still watch it, and I'm aware. I'm aware that the movie is like 14 hours long. I'm aware that Diana Ross doesn't quite make sense all the time. As story. Playing a 16 year old, it's fine. <laughs> I don't care. I can watch I that movie that. every day of my life. Sometimes I will be sobbing because yeah. of the insights. Right. Like, why do you love The Wiz so much? 
because it just reminds me of my childhood. Like I remember watching that as a kid and being terrified of like the crows and like, but also loving the music and just again, how the costume, like it was so colorful. I do remember yeah. it being long and never feeling like I've, I don't think I've sat through one entire sitting of watching <laughs> it. Like, I think I've seen it in parts, um, but it just, it just reminds me of my youth. And it was a movie that like, cause you had Michael Jackson, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was big. It was, it was iconic for that. Um, but I do. R. Kelly was in it as well, I think. Who? R. Kelly was in it as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I forget, like, my facial expressions aren't going to be in the podcast. I let you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ding. I've got to go. Yeah, okay. Let's take a couple more questions from the audience and then I'm going to play our little don't at me game. Okay. Yeah. You can, basically it's a game where you can say don't at me to one of the three questions. Which means I'm skipping it. You, but you can only do it once. Okay. It, you know, as I ask the questions. And I'll tell you right now, just so you have it in the back of your mind, because I want to know what movie that has come out in the past five years that would have been better if you made it. But we're not going to go there right That's now. Good. Just think about it. Just think about it. Oh, and we're going to... You got some time. You got some time. You got some audience questions to go I look, through. I need to look up. She's okay. got to Google. Okay, I got to Google. But go ahead, Brendan. She can, she can multitask. I can, I'll, I'll try. A movie that can, five years, you said? Last five, five years. Would have been better if Tiff did it. Oh, no, Justin. Okay. Come on, girl. You know it's um. Wait, are we waiting? I would I would have made the Lion King better. There, I said it. Whoopsies. I would <laughs> I would not have done the Lion King though, to be honest. Like I would be like, well, me neither. I, I wasn't offered the Lion King. In case anyone's Why? curious. Why are we doing this? Um, okay, are we waiting for a question, or are you waiting for my answer to this? No, Brent, Brendan's going to ask uh, a couple yeah, like last two questions. audience questions. That literally was a question, by the way, like a film that you were doing. <laughs> that I was going to oh, ask. Okay. I'm going to ask a different one. Um, all right. So this is from L from L Lorraine, both Tiff and Just. Uh, what was the internal turning point you faced in order to become the creators you are today? The one? Whew. Wait, I'm Tiff, sorry. I'm looking at movies. Say that a question one more time. So I can answer it while you look, but, uh, but L wants to know what was the turning point that made us who we are today as artists, right? Brendan? The turning point? Yeah. That made, okay. Elle be coming I, with the, She be coming one, with the heat. God damn it. I don't think for me there was one, honestly. No, there was either. But I think, I'll tell you this, making a movie is always a turning point because it is, you know, everything from sitting down to writing it, to making it, to battling the demons every day that say that you're not good enough or that you don't deserve to be there, you're not special enough or this thing isn't gonna... Just going through that exercise of making a movie, and I have made many movies that none of y'all will ever see because they're terrible and they're shorts, yeah. and how dare you even bring this up to me right yeah. now. Um, but obviously, like some, you know, have made it out. You know, Dear White People is a movie that people have seen. Uh, Bad Hair will be a movie that people have seen. But there, before that, there were plenty of movies that I, I made, and each one of those was a turning point because I had to come to terms with my limitations. I think yeah. that, like getting really like comfortable in your limitations is really for me been the only way to grow. Um, and so failing and succeeding to me are kind of the same thing, but it doesn't feel like it during the time. Um, so the last time that happened to me was making bad hair, which I, I will finish on Monday. <laughs> yeah. No, I would agree. I don't know if there's been one significant turning point um, for me other than 
I think, again, I, I always go back to just making late life because I think up until that point, I didn't know what, you know, going to film school, you know, PA and doing all that, I still wasn't sure what my voice was going to be as a filmmaker. Like I hadn't tapped into, um, yeah, just kind of the, the type of, A, the type of movies I wanted to make and how I wanted to make them. I didn't find that until after doing that short. So I think that was like, that gave me just sort of the the, the vision of, yeah, how I'm going to use this medium and still like put me in it and, and, and find my aesthetic. Right. I think that that was probably a turning point. If that's probably not the where, answer I'm looking for. I know she's going to, she's going to be mad. <laughs> where are we, where do we, can we watch your shorts? Do you have shorts online? Oh, yeah, you can watch They're online. Um, where are they at girl? Uh, Ladylike is on YouTube. Yeah. Um, Maribu is. Okay. At- so what, so what do we do? We go to YouTube and we do what? We type. Ladylike. And it should okay. <laughs> Tiff is like, check it out if you want. It, I'm not going to give you <laughs> uh, a yeah, web address. I'm really, I'm really stuck on this last five, five. Oh my God, we haven't even gone there yet. See, I should have sprung it on you. Like, I just Googled like movies of the last five years. <laughs> okay. Okay. Is- We're going to open it up then. Because it is the first question, so it should be a little bit easier. Yeah. So, what's any movie that would have been better if Tiff, made, if Tiff remade it? In 2020. Tiff, it could be any movie. Oh, I know. But I'm trying to think. <laughs> boop, 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 you know what boop, was really bad and I would have I could have fucking killed. Um did you I nobody saw it. I'm not even gonna say it. Did anyone see the kitchen with um with who was it? McCarthy, like it was like about these women, um, these three women who's Oh, actually, I'm going to change my answer, and you're going to okay. be surprised by this. Actually, I'm changing oh. completely. Dear white people. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to say widows. <gasps> Did I just get... Are you dead? <laughs> oh! Okay, you went from... Oh, I don't... Gee, I don't know. What movie could it be? Uh, widow. You just went... Okay, okay. Okay. I was fucking stoked for. I was like, oh, I man. love widows. Did, which is why I was like, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you. Because you know, tell me, what would you have done? Just made it interesting and <laughs> like more. Like I was bored out of my mind. Oh shit. I love. I, I love that movie so much. Yeah, um, I don't think you love that movie. You appreciate. It. I think you. No, I've seen it several times, and each time I see it, I'm like, why do people hate this movie? <laughs> it has some really great sequences, but as a whole, that movie should have been. I should be watching that movie every day, and I don't feel the need to watch it. Wow. Okay. Well, this has gotten real spicy. Um, I love it. Okay, here's here's the next question. What's what's a black thing that's really popular among all of us blacks, but that you hate? Oh, you gave it could be it could be a mu- it could be music, it could be a movie, it could be a trend. You gave, gave Dime this question too, and I think she I forget she used like she said a food like she said something about what don't we bring eat. Dime into this no, girl. Think, no, I'm not bringing her into it. I was just thinking. Um, I'm gonna go with. Something like, ooh, black people love that I'm not here for. Um, I'm trying to think of like an artist. I want to be, I want to be a little controversial. Oh, I, I, well, I, we waited and, and we got widows out of the last one. I was not prepared. Um, yeah. I don't get life from 
Oh boy. I'm so scared now. Don't be scared. No, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Um, I'm gonna go with do I say this? Yes! Um no, I don't wanna say it. Tiff! It was Damn. Okay, can we come back to it? No, what is it? Who is, what were you gonna say? <laughs> um, well, it was gonna be something Beyonce related, actually, but I think. Okay, you know what? Cause you know I'm from Houston. So I just feel like this is getting very personal and I don't understand what I've done. I love Beyonce. Um, Interesting. <laughs> um, I may not be like as hyped on her as everyone else. <laughs> okay, you know what? We're just gonna cut that part out. But I'm um, speaking my truth. I'm speaking my truth. I love her. So you're saying don't add me to that question? Fantastic. Um, no. <laughs> okay, last don't add me question. It's the easy one. What's a white thing that most black people ain't into, but you fucking love and you wish more of us would be watching? A sh uh, like a show? Anything, movie, show. Justin Bieber album, like whatever comes to you, whatever white thing you're enjoying these days. Um, well, you share this with me. We like the MCU. I think the Marvel comics. Yeah, why not? That would be something I think we could. Yeah. Oh, are people coming? The Beyonce thing, guys. I'm trying to find something specific that people. That Tiff, I, it's gonna be fine. I'm from Houston. By the time this airs, <laughs> no one will know that you've said that. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, um, I'm not going to do that to you, okay? Or to yourself. I'm not going to let you do that to yourself. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, Tiff, for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you to all the culture machines who show up every week and ask really, really wonderful questions. Anything else you want to say before we leave? I love Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> we will always remember <laughs> Tiffany Johnson. <laughs> Thank you for listening. And if you love our show, please leave us a rating and a review. And yes, please do at me, your host, at Justin underscore Simeon on Instagram. You can also follow Culture Machine at Culture Machine Co on Instagram. Uh, credit for this episode goes to Jason Smith, CEO of Starburns Audio, Jessica Gutierrez, our audio engineer, Judith Cargbo, production coordinator, Chris Bowers did the theme song, Dominic German did incidental music, and big shout out to producers Aaliyah Jihad and Brendan Smith for Culture Machine. Starburns Audio, a, podca <clears throat> a podcast network.